0: Small self-help from the hip, small doses, we're talking that shit, small doses, and keeping it real, small doses, with me and Seals. It's so funky. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gents, everybody, all the listeners out there in the world, it's time for another episode of Small Doses. Now granted, I am only on two hours of sleep, but that doesn't change the fact. That my energy comes from a resource that is fueled by something other than slumber. Today, we'll be talking about side effects of being a token. You know what a token is? A token is when you are the one person representing your space in a bigger space. So you might be the token gay guy or the token black person or the token any any other ethnicity ethnicity than white person. person. And a lot of times what happens in a token situation is you feel alone, you get isolated, you also be, bear the burden of speaking on behalf of everybody else that shares the likeness with you. We're going to talk about that today with our guest, Monsieur Sal Macekela, who was the token black man at every What was it called?
1: Well, I hosted the X Games. The
0: X fucking games.
1: The X Games.
0: You were the token black man at every X Games that I watched.
1: Yep. For 13 years.
0: When Tony Hawk landed.
1: The 900.
0: The 900. It was a sea of salt. (laughs) And then a spot of pepper was like, yes!
1: Right there. 1999, San Francisco docks.
0: Also the year of the great... Class of 99 from Dr. Phillips High School featuring yours truly. uh, And Michael James Scott voted most talented.
1: The way you brought that back around was brilliant. (laughs) DP! Ah, DP! Who needs slumber?
0: So, Sal will be joining us for the duration of the episode. We're going to get to your DMTs. We're going to do a People I Like. We're going to do all the fun things that you're used to us doing. But first, it would only be right. To gem drop, gem dropping, gem dropping, gem dropping. We dropping on these hoes. Today's gem dropping is token versus versus cultural cultural ambassador. ambassador. Now, I will say this: as far as gem droppings go, I think this one is a little more murky than most. But at the at the at the basics of it, it's the fact that a token doesn't necessarily have to be a teacher. It might just be the specifics of circumstance whereas a cultural ambassador is someone who has chosen the role of speaking on behalf of their culture to teach others Mm. and i think that's a very interesting dichotomy because what can happen a lot of times when you are a token is you are forced into the role of cultural ambassador whereas you know you really would rather choose that path versus be assigned that path especially by folks who don't even want to learn shit anyway. Mm. And it assumes that just because you come from that space that you are a relevant speaker of that space. Like not everybody I mean like they say not all skin folk are camp folk. Mm. So like Amarosa is not a cultural she is not a cultural ambassador. She's not for black folks,
1: I've been doing it all wrong.
0: Tyler, Wo- Tiger, Tyler Woods, Tiger Woods is not. That's exactly what we should call him, Tyler Woods. Tyler Woods, because he's more of a Tyler Woods than a Tiger Woods, is not a cultural ambassador for black folks. You know, Candace same, Owens. I, I don't know her.
1: <laughs> She's not a cultural ambassador either. I don't know her. Yeah, Kandacia, I don't know her. Owen, Owen Tina. We don't know her. Yeah. However. However This person that you don't know is used as an ambassador, as like basic. You know what she is? This person that you don't know? She is the ice dragon for racists.
0: That, I wouldn't even give her, this This person person, I don't don't know, know, the credit of that because that would assume that she can fly. And the only reason she has been able to get as far as she has is because I don't know her.
1: Mm. My mom says that the person that you don't know was kidnapped and programmed.
0: No, the person I don't know is a con woman who previously was a full-ass liberal. Mm. And because that wasn't winning for her. She
1: she rocks switch-em-ups.
0: She just crossed over because she has no ethics or ideals. I mean, I don't know this because I don't know her, but I be knowing. Well, I mean, so.
1: if you look at a person that you don't know's raggedy edges, you could see that everything that you just said makes sense.
0: And that's because she is in a space where nobody knows about edges. Right. And maybe she feels more comfortable in that space because she don't want to know about her edges either. Mm. But what the reality is, is that though I don't know her, if she bring them edges around me, They will get snatched. Blah.
1: Yeah, I often think to myself if I ever saw this person that we don't know in the streets, what would my react be? And if yeah,
0: there's a couple folks out here that like I'd catch a case for. Yeah. Do you know what catch a case means, Rebecca? Is it something
1: like you would willingly? fight that person. That
0: is correct. It means I would willingly fight that
1: person. And the repercussions would be the repercussions potentially you'd have to face a trial. Yes, yes. Rebecca.
0: Willingly. <laughs> Cuz I know that they'd start to go to bail me out so quick. <laughs> so, I'm not even pressed. Not even.
1: Back pressed. to the theory that you postulated about uh the token journey into ambassador for me,
0: we're getting to that later.
1: Oh, I will fall back. This is not your show, <laughs> Salema. Look at the walls. Look well, at the walls. This is not your In this segment show. of the show,
0: we like to just clearly define things for folks cuz I think that what a, of, what a lot of what a lot of what a lot of, what happens a lot of times is that we find ourselves in spaces where we think we're doing one thing mm. and then we realize like with some more exploration and critical analysis and critical thinking, like oh, That actually is not what I'm doing. And maybe I can shift to do more of this or do less of this to get the desired result. So I think some of us listening are a token in our workspace or in our friend space or in our school space. And a lot of the folks that I know who are tokens and I've been a token, it is absolutely begrudgingly. It's not by choice. The people listening who attended or are attending private white institutions are quite often the token on their lacrosse team. You know, they're the token in their African-American histories class, et cetera. And so people look to them for a certain level of knowledge and insight that they're like, not only am I still learning these things, you know, or not, not only do I have enough respect for the uh, the the, not only do I understand that my culture is not a monolith, And so I would be disrespecting the variants of individuals that exist within it by speaking in generalities about it without an actual like leg to stand on. But furthermore, fuck y'all. Do some of your own fucking research. Mm. Like, why am I now here as like the representative? Whereas a cultural ambassador is willingly like, I am here as a representative to speak on this. To speak to this. Yeah. And I think that those are very necessary in certain spaces. Yes. It's very necessary. And I think that the the other part of that is that I know, especially for black people, like there's this like underlying expectation that we should always be the cultural ambassador if we were a token in a place that that's just like what is expected. And I be letting folks know, like, if you choose that, go for it. But that's not an obligation. Why? And I've had people like attack me on the Internet for being for telling Lady Gaga, like, don't fucking ask black people how to change racism the fuck out of here. She did a tweet that loosely paraphrased was, hey, black people, what do, what do non-racist white people um do? What can we do to like fix racism? And I'm just like, stop asking dumb shit like that. Mm. And people were like, see, that's why, you know, black folks can't have nothing because y'all so damn rude. This, this is, is black, black people talking, talking to other, other black people. people. And I'm just like, no, stop fighting for scraps. Stop thanking Massa for not stepping on your shoe today.
1: I had a woman the other day, after I explained some shit to her, that she was unaware of, and I did so nicely when I wanted to just yell. She said, wow, why don't you say that to other, why don't you speak about that on your, on your platform? People need to know this. And I looked at her and I said, why don't you talk to your, your people, people about this? Why don't you take what I just gave you and go talk about it Disseminate. tomorrow? And she looked at me like, I just sh- shook. I was like, yeah.
0: It had never occurred to her.
1: I said, because you might think that this is easy for me to tell you this, but I didn't come to this dinner to have to educate you on why you're choosing to pretend to do something that you think might be a crip walk, A, isn't a crip walk, and B, I... is actually a cultural dance of a certain region and a certain end of the black community. She said, well, I grew up in North Carolina around black people. I'm like, guess what? what? You better start hillbilly walking. Your black friends in North Carolina, they don't know how to do this dance either. But But they they respect respect it it. because they know where the shit comes from. So please, I I don't want to have to have this conversation with you past the fucking ribs.
0: You sound like me. At that Caitlyn Jenner, Katy Perry dinner,
1: which weirdly you say it is where I actually discovered you.
0: Yes, and then you slid into the DMs.
1: Yes, well, I started following you because I was like, this. There was a there was something in the, there was something tonally in the way that you spoke, and then the more I started following you, I was like, this person speaks my language. This is like. I think that's my like my unicorn. Like we have had, we have a similar existence, and then finally I was like, "Ah, "Fuck it!" But we were friends
0: from the second we started talking to each other. Exactly.
1: Like that's a real thing. Instantly.
0: Do you think that's because we're? What do you think that is? Just like sharing a vibration.
1: Sharing a vibration, also having grown up around a lot of white people, Mm. and whilst at the same time choosing to 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 grow and 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 really figure Inverse. out what it means to be like in touch with what our individual blackness means in the midst of that. And you know, I just saw that and I was like I don't see many yous or actually say me's. It was like I was like, "Oh, another one. I know I know her, I know her." is what it was. Yes. That's that's really what it was.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think that it can be hard to make sense of how to play your role as a token when you're in a situation because you're like, damn, I want to keep my wits about me. If you're in a professional space, you're like, I want to keep my job. Mm. But what unfortunately happens quite too often is that folks who are in a token space decide that if they lose their token status, that they somehow will not be valuable. And so they will actually be duplicitous in keeping their position as a black person or as the unique person in that role and not open the door for others to come in. And that's how we end up with an obstruction in the growth of diversity and inclusion.
1: Or what I like to call only Negro in the room syndrome. Sorry, there's no room for you here.
0: And it's like scary how, off, how common that is.
1: There's a real syndrome.
0: And I used to deal with it at MTV. I ain't gonna call no names. But when I was at MTV, (laughs) there were definitely only Negro in the Room syndrome heads um, happening. And it was a very clear, it wasn't subtle or surreptitious. It was literally, I'm the only one here and I am not welcoming you in here. And I was like, oh.
1: I'm going to say one consonant off from... Your name? Okay. Is is that who we're talking about? So think about your first name. And then if you took the third letter. No. no. Okay. She wasn't there. Okay.
0: No, no, no. She wasn't there at that time.
1: You like how I did that, though.
0: I loved it. Okay. I loved it. Of course, though, I was like, (laughs) Amanda, Since he's South African. (laughs) Oetu. Um, So, you know, I think that's something really, really like. Sad and frustrating when you see it happen because you're just like, oh, that's what What you want. want. And like, I'll see it in meetings because I'm not necessarily trying to get the job, but I'll be there to like pitch something or to talk about something, and you'll see that like, why, why you the only one in here giving me opposition, and you the only one in here that's in here coming from where I'm coming from? Why? Why? It's because oh, you're because the other. You know what the other flip of it is when you're a token. You some tokens feel like if they're too supporting of folks that are also kindred to them that they look like they're being too weak or shady or like it's a form of nepotism.
1: Or they're just worried that they might lose their place because. No, but
0: we, but, I, but there is yeah. that. But I feel like there's folks that really feel like if I look out for my people, then I'm not, then, then, then I'm like being, um, you're not
1: being. They're not, I'm not being objective.
0: Right. I'm, I'm not, not be- being impartial. Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry, I see you, but I can't see you because I
0: need to operate like the way they do. I
1: need to see everyone.
0: Yeah. Even though they basically brought you in just for that purpose.
1: Exactly. Been there many times in the room. Many and times. then how
0: have you played it when you're in the room? Do you verbalize it? Like, it- <laughs> no,
1: I just give facial signals. <laughs> like, I'm like, come.
0: <laughs> <"Kump." laughs>
1: Yeah. I'm trying to like almost reach and kick under the table. Like you, you you do you hear me, right? And they're just like, I, I can't help you.
0: Yeah, yep. I, I can't I can not e
1: I can't I can't even back up the information that you're giving that is factual. I just have to sit here and listen and then go back with the tribunal. I can't I can't help you out in the room, which is crazy Please. when you're the only one who knows what I'm actually talking about.
0: Listen, that feeling right there is so crazy.
1: We were pitching a show about the Afropunk movement, sort of like the alternative mm-hmm. black diaspora. Yeah. And um, it was a, a documentary show. And I went in. I can't. We went everywhere. And I thought, I mean, we made a dope ass tape. We partnered with Afropunk. And I'm like, we're selling this show. Went to more than one place where there was also a black executive. And you could see the white people perplexed as we're showing them this other lens in a black culture that looks like from out of space, if you don't know anything about it. Yep. And then you look into like the black executive in the room to be like, back me up here. And they're like just nodding and paying attention and being kind of uncomfortable. Like you could tell sometimes they're like, like they want to let something out, but they, I can't, I'm sorry, but I'm here to justify you being here and that's all and we did not sell that show which was to me like a no-brainer but there you go
0: there you go now when you're a cultural ambassador it's not the same when you're a cultural ambassador you've made the choice like i'm gonna come over here in school y'all i'm gonna come over here and represent for my folks and i'm gonna do my best to cover the break the broadness of the variety of the bases of the space that I'm speaking from to give a real like genuine authentic view and representation of uh, you know, this voice and also to rally on behalf of, I feel like as well. And I think that that's, I personally think that if you find yourself as a token in a situation and if you don't morph into the cultural ambassador by at least saying like, I'm going to just rock out for everybody here that's like me, You foul. You you may not have to be the educator, but you may have to be like the person. You may have to just say like, if we in the room and the shit is dope, I got to rock.
1: Yeah, and if it's not, of course. But if it's dope. You got to rock. You have to.
0: All them white men
1: is going to rock. You have to. Because they're literally waiting for you to tell them. They
0: are. They're waiting for you to be like, listen. This is fly. Fly is a term meaning. Right. Here's why. (laughs) Stylized on a high level. You know? And that's not just black people. We are two black people, but that's why we're speaking from that point of view. But I think if you're Latina, or Latinx, I should say, if you are Asian, if you are homosexual, if you are trans, etc., like, we now are forcing, rightfully so, doors open into these spaces. And... It is key that when we get in these spaces, we don't let the tokenism last for too long because we should not consider diversity to have a quota on it.
1: Yeah, if you look at it as a position that you like ran for and there's no other positions available for anyone else and it's it's just dolo, you forget that your ass is 100% expendable.
0: Say it again, brother.
1: Expendable as... Like you can curse in my pocket. Yeah, you are expendable as fuck. Why? And you will find out. And when they when you first get hit with it, it'll feel like yeah. someone punched you in the throat, and you never even saw the hand. You're like, <laughs> and that's why you have to use your position to literally like hold the door open.
0: Hold that's the door. You are
1: ho- hold, hold
0: the door. door. Hold on.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Hold It's
0: important. But then I think what also happens, a byproduct of this, because I know some of y'all listening might be opportunists, and so you're like, well, that still don't help me out. When you do that, and you're in an expendable position, you have actually created relationships with folks so that when that expendable position comes up, and I promise you, inevitably the time will be up, you're not out here dolo. Right. You have allyships with people who are like, oh, well, you rocked out with me before. I'm a lookout.
1: Literally, have like a potential vine to grab onto in the jungle, and swing to, and go on to the next.
0: So that you're not on LinkedIn, <laughs> <laughs> Help. looking at people's resumes. Like, hey,
1: hey, haven't you need, seen you since college. Do you need a Do you need a negress? I see you're killing it. I see. Did you say negress? Yes. yes, I say negress. Yeah.
0: Well, we've already established. Yeah. There's a kindred here. Yeah. I think it's time we get into a DMT. I mean, you can't really do much else once you've said negress.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So Joy Bryant is 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 the first person who said negress to me, like maybe ten years ago. So we call each other Shreddy Negro and Shreddy Negress. Obviously, because she snowboards too.
0: Ah. So yeah. Y'all be in the snow.
1: We'd be deep in the snow.
0: But that only snow I want to be in is in Winterfell.
1: Well, that's not pleasant snow.
0: The mountains
1: is pleasant snow. Yeah.
0: I feel like there's some powder, at least, you know, in the Godswood.
1: If if you went with the Shreddy Negro, I would change your whole perspective on the I sat down on on the the slope at Breckenridge in nineteen
0: ninety four. You
1: were not with the Shreddy Negro. I, was like, I know what your, I know this. what the elite levels of your athletic ability are. Elite. We're talking world-class fucking elite. Checked Check Graham. Graham.
0: My only interest is that it is a dope place to wear outfits.
1: And it's a gymnastical activity <laughs> where you would quickly find out like, oh, psh, I'm built for this shit. No. And I would have you look and fly. You could put together That's amazing That's really kits. what I'm about. That's really so we'll start about. with the kits and see if we can't get you on a board. We gon' see. We gon' see. DMG, we're serving it. I remember when you used to re- read Shakespeare for fun on the gram. I was like, this woman's crazy.
0: The gram was a time. It was an era.
1: was a time. And then we had a talk. Mm-hmm.
0: We did have a talk. I was sitting in my car outside of the UPS store.
1: Yeah. We
0: had a talk. And now I don't be on the gram the same way. I show joy. I show information. I show subtle pictures that people either grasp or don't grasp. Mm. And I show Game of Thrones memes.
1: And you get to live. And makes my heart really, really, really happy.
0: It's Thank you. It's also very ironic how quickly I saw results in specific areas once I changed course.
1: I thought it was extremely brave (gasps) in that something had worked for you up until a point and had created an incredible amount of upward movement. And you could have chosen to stay in that space because, well, look at what it's gotten me. And instead, you were like, this doesn't serve me anymore. It got me to this place. It's not the definition of who I am. And this is what I'm going to give you. Y'all don't make me. And that, when I watched it happen, I literally, like got it got me at at a a heart soul level because i remember what you said to me about writing in your journal that day and when you did it it was that's not easy
0: thank you this actually speaks to this episode honestly because when you are in a token situation a lot of times like someone else has decided what your narrative is and you have to always be the one defining your narrative and writing your role in the space. That's also how you avoid, uh, to Sal's point, the uh, expendability, you know, because they do. you do have to always, quote unquote, keep folks guessing. And it's not in a duplicitous way, but more so in a way that says, like, there's so much more here than you can even consider. So I want you to stay put and stay solid and stay locked to this. Because you're more concerned about missing out on what is deeper here than on what's at the surface. So you're going to keep me in place, and you're going to stay attached to this because of FOMO.
1: Mm. <laughs> yes. And also because my layers have layers. And those layers have layers.
0: I mean, and, and you, once you recognize that, you're like, I actually want to be in on them layers. Yeah. And I know for me in terms of the Instagram space, like, I just realized that like people, had, people were literally telling me, like, no, you can't leave Instagram. That's your brand. And I was like, ooh, that is all you needed to tell me.
1: You can't cut your dreadlocks. That's your brand.
0: I am now bald.
1: <laughs> I am now bald. And people still pay me. L- what?
0: Look at that.
1: But when it happened, it was literally a concerto of everyone begging me. When I first cut them and I posted it on Instagram six years ago, literally, like, people were in my, my comments by the thousands telling me that I was a sellout. Oh. And these were not people of color.
0: I cut my own. What?
1: I was the cool black guy with the dreadlocks from the X Games.
0: And now you were just. And
1: now, like, What? You don't have that thing that I like. That that was your thing.
0: Ah. Uh, that
1: was your that was your that was your signature. And then it went down even to my team. Agents, managers, etc. being we like I
0: can't book you now.
1: Oh, look what you've done. Now you don't stand out from the back.
0: So this whole thing I got in my in my cranium, that whole brain shit, none of that. Yeah.
1: You didn't. He- Oh, so the no one was listening to what I said that set me apart, that allowed me to be the only person that looked like me in this space because I am the definitive voice and authority of this whole goddamn culture. None of that. None of that none, resonated. None of that it was it. Oh, oh. Okay. All right. Cool.
0: When I turn forty and I cut my hair off, I'm gonna hear the same shit. I'm gonna hear the same shit. When I turn forty and I cut this whole shit off and start fresh, can't wait. They're gonna be like, <gasps> yeah. And to I'm peace. gonna be like I got a man Fuck y'all That's essentially What the plan is Right Because that's the other thing That happens when you're a woman They're like You can't Switch up How you gonna get
1: a man You'll what? be fine Ask Sherry Harper Villaponte
0: You can't Switch <laughs> up How you gonna write How you gonna I mean When I When I changed my name From Amanda Diva To Amanda Seals Right Literally to my Actual name People were like, ugh, this will never work.
1: So I did that like three years ago when I started, when I produced Vice World of Sports and was hosting it and I wanted to sort of like get out of the caricature of what's... Oh, so you went
0: from Sal to Salema.
1: I went to Salema Masekela and I went around on all the shows, etc. And it was weird. Like people, the, the manner in which people addressed it as the lead story. So we're not allowed to call you sound. Oh my anymore. God. I was like... Wait, wait is this really the opening question
0: we're not allowed listen like
1: I had gone it's not crazy like
0: Tyrese when Tyrese had his uh <laughs> had his alternate uh rap personality black tie <laughs> he came to serious and no one was allowed to address him as Tyrese we were literally told you are not allowed to address him as Tyrese I was like where's well, the same, same person course. though No, today he is black tie. I was like, you should never tell me no shit like that.
1: You want to hear a funny story? Spilled tea spilling. I was interviewing Andre Thousand like 10 years ago when I was at E. And it was one of like his first or second movies that he'd done. And it was like a. I forget what it was like a. uh, Four Brothers? It was the one where he played a cop, like undercover cop or something. Maybe he didn't play a cop. Anyway. He came in, and I was excited. I'm like, "Yo, I'm fucking my favorite MC of all time, like one of my favorite rappers of all time." So I ask like my questions about the movie, and then I was like, "Yo, you haven't put on an album in X amount of years, but like when you show up and freestyle on anybody's shit, it still is it's elite at the highest level, and like you remind us that you're if you're not if you're not in someone's top five MC category, that's problematic." Publicist steps in. Not allowed to ask questions about music. He's an actor. He I will vomit
0: all over this mic.
1: Sat there and just looked at me. Did not respond. And I was like, "Oh, wait, did this just happen?" And okay. it was. I, I remember just feeling like humiliated as a fan, and yeah. also like, I just want to be like, "Bro, it's not that. It's serious. not. It's really like, not. You." You being you isn't going to ruin this. You you know why we
0: you know why we care about this? Right. Because of you being you. That's yeah. why we even care about this shit. Because you over here acting and it ain't because you auditioned and got the job.
1: And yeah, so.
0: And I love Andre Benjamin, Andre Three Thousand. I love Three him. Stacks, but so he need to keep his heart. Three Stacks, keep your heart. I love Because him. at the end of the day, when we do stuff like that, it's just like. You know what my saying is lately? Take your job seriously, but don't take yourself seriously.
1: Mm. Please. And maybe, I'm sure it's different now. That was 10 years ago. Of course,
0: absolutely. And he was new and maybe he was just like feeling his way around in the dark. Or maybe someone was giving him bad advice and he trusted them because he was paying them. Because I've absolutely been in that situation where someone was like, you should do this. And I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, you should quit doing, you should quit this festival that you got accepted to and that they have already put you on shows for because you're too big for this festival. Right. Am I? Mm. I wasn't too big for the festival, y'all. For For the the record. record. But I say all that to say that we have some DMTs and uh, let's get into it. I'm a member of the LGBT community, which is far more accepted by the whites. Just saying. So apart from my family, I don't have a lot of black friends, but this person put two uh, rolly-eyed emojis. Mm. And the question I have for my white ones is, how to tell them in a mature and factual way that being oppressed because of their sexuality is far different from being oppressed because of race, and the adversity they deal with doesn't give them the right to say the N-word or participate in other racist shenanigans in the name
1: of equality. Ooh, this is a deep one.
0: Yeah, we started off heavy. First of all, let me tell you, like, I literally went to an event one time where I watched a gay white man pull out a guitar and sing straight out of Compton. And I was like, this isn't gonna end well. It didn't even have to end for it to not be well. He said, straight out of Compton, a crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube from the group called Niggas with Attitude. A record scratched. I was down in the Lower East Side in a room full of white folks watching this and my friend had asked me to come. So I let him keep going and then he said nigga again and I calmly exited. I didn't like throw my shoe at him. <laughs> you know, like George Bush. Remember that video with yes, the shoe at George exactly Bush? That's one came, of my favorite videos of all mind. time.
1: I, I didn't do none of that. I a phone at, at uh, DT last week. Awesome. At the NRA thing. Just rah. He walked out and they didn't have good aim but they threw like a good-sized iPhone at him. (laughs) I appreciate that. So
0: I walked out, and then my friend runs after me, and she's like, Amanda, what's going on? And I was like, I ain't pay money to get on a train to come down here to listen to this shit. This is a white man saying nigga over a guitar. And she goes, oh, no, he's gay. And? So she had accepted that as well. And she is a cisgendered, heterosexual white woman. Like, it's not even like she identifies with him being in the LGBT community. And she had decided, what's the. And it's crazy because it was like, you grew up with me and all black people. Like, you were in our space. You learned the Negro national anthem. Like, you know better. Mm. But she had decided somehow that, like, because he's from an oppressed space, that he can do this. I think to answer this person's question, the reality is that, you know, there are there are certain things that are shared amongst the people that are sacred to those people. And it's not just in like cultural celebrations or clothing, but it's also in like traumas and histories. And those shared traumas and histories are what allow for certain shared language and shared forms of expression, et cetera.
1: They are unique to those individual groups.
0: Nigga Nigger? is unique to...
1: Unique New York.
0: Unique New York.
1: Unique New York.
0: <laughs> we are now doing a vocal exercise. Um, it is so not unique. unique to New York.
1: Yeah, right.
0: But it is unique to black folks because we have been specifically targeted for being called quote unquote niggers because of our black skin. And therefore, if you have not been a part of that experience... Directly? You don't you, have you don't, it.
1: It. It. you don't get to say it. You no. don't get to say it. No. You don't get to say it. No no you no, no. You don't get to say it. Don't get you to don't get to say that shit. Don't get to
0: say that shit. You might catch a slap. Might catch a slap. Catch a slap. But um bum.
1: Yeah. You don't get to say it.
0: You just don't stop
1: asking. Why are you want to? Why are you so pressed? Stop asking. The fuck are you still asking? People still, people still are, still ask. asking. It's- I was at a thing. A dude was DJing, and and I won't name his name, but he was DJing. Song came on, a rap song, and I looked up at him. It was part came. He was like eh, and then say and then he looked down from the tape from the from the laptop. He's like. I don't understand why, I mean, I was like, no. You don't, I don't care. I Stop. can't even believe you, right now in the club, you want to, no. Stop asking. Why, why do you wanna- are you
0: so pressed to wear a Native American headdress? Why? Why? Why, why are y'all so pressed? Right. Because the feathers, it looks cool. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Come up with some dope shit
1: of your own. I think people have, like, oppression envy. The-
0: you think how you think think the word
1: cunt came about like it's literally uh, i'm uh, clearly i'm people
0: in england were saying cunt forever as a form of endearment all of a sudden white women in america were like all up in arms about cunt and i legit feel like it's because they were like well you know what black people have nigger and gay people have the f word and we are oppressed too and our oppression is its own shit and we should have our own thing and then they were like what can it be
1: We'll take. See you next Tuesday.
0: Yeah, that's what it's going to be.
1: Because when you go to Australia, it literally is a term of endearment.
0: Every literally,
1: like, and I get off the plane in Sydney. Ah, like, oh, Sally, can now you doing? You right, wonderful, can't you? That literally is what what happened.
0: Yes, here in America, all of a sudden, Ashley H and Ashley C
1: were like, we can't handle that. That's the worst. And like it's the, like the moist. I
0: mean, it it's is. It's like
1: saying moist except about a woman. The The
0: egregious anger that comes about is unreal. And yeah. I've said this on the show before, but I have to remind you, white women, black women don't care about the word cunt. So when you come at us and you try and fire cunt out the chamber, we're going to laugh in your face because we don't care. But you, try, but you don't want to say the N-word because you're a liberal. So you probably just shouldn't say shit at all. Yeah. Or stick the bitch, probably get you slapped too.
1: Yeah, hard.
0: But at least when you come up for air, you know you didn't play yourself with saying some shit that got you laughed at. It's probably even more better for your ego that you got slapped and laughed at.
1: Right, because at least you like did some shit.
0: Yeah, you triggered. Right. You tell me I'm a cunt. I'm a laughing your. That's whole like face. punching
1: a giant. It, right, like you're like a small person and you like punch beep. a giant and the giant just. Like <laughs> what literally then you call that giant a bitch it's like, and, r- then
0: Joram- ah. and and that's when lady Mormont is yeah, like nah you think you're stabbing me in the eye right no no so i do think there's a personal olympics and i do think that in the conversation that this woman is having with her her fellow lgbt community members that do not share her black experience i think it's incredibly important to just even point out just the uniqueness of the relate the the different um Ways in which their oppression has been handed down and the reasons why, you know, I mean, and, and, and there's a bottom line standard that people have always called uh, called out, which is the fact that, like, you can hide your sexuality. You can't hide your race for the most part, like at the end of the day. And you shouldn't have to do either. You shouldn't have to either. But then when you walk in a room, you are judged by your race off top. And even if you can pass, you're still having to lie to yourself. So there's a lot of stuff to unpack with that. But at the end of the day, it really is just simply saying to people, if you ain't from that, don't, don't speak, speak on that. that. Period. There's intersectionalities in different spaces. If you're a black LGBT person, right, then you know two different experiences. But if that ain't your experience, stop trying to intersect into that. Stop.
1: You know, it's kind of like a woman I know that once said, if you're not sitting next to the window, just because you're near the window, Don't try to open and close the window.
0: I've heard about this woman.
1: I've heard about this. It will get you slapped. But I was near the window. It's not your fucking window. She
0: runs the windows. There you go. Next question. How do I tell white people that I'm not the ambassador to black culture in a work setting? While still remaining professional, of course. Your girl got bills to pay and I can't risk cussing a jar of mayonnaise down. Okay. I mean...
1: Can I start this one?
0: Wow, I love would love for you too.
1: When I get up in the morning to go outside, friend, coworker, um, I do not want to spend my energy here at this job educating. It, it takes energy for me to educate and I can't do it all day. So perhaps if you'd like to get coffee sometime and talk to me about something specifically, perhaps but don't come to me to be your fact checker for blackness Mm. that's not why i'm here i work with you on this team so that we can get shit done
0: that last part is the real part that's That's the real part part. that's That's not not why i'm here not why i'm here unless i was hired as the diversity representative or some shit like that that's not why i'm here there's
1: nothing worse than like hey um I was. I went to go and see uh, this black movie, and I was wondering your perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the middle of doing these squats over here. Like, literally, they have, like, at the gym. I'm doing
0: PTS reports.
1: Yeah, like, w- w- no. That's not w- why I'm here. Now,
0: here's the thing. I know that there is people who happen to be white that are listening, and they're like, what? We didn't know that that was, like, not cool. And I think that, you know, we are speaking in a generalization right now. Yeah. Because there are also nuanced relationships that you have with individuals where, like, there may be a safe space that's already been established where you can ask these questions of somebody who also trusts that you're not asking them for gratuitous means or to simply just have information that you're going to end up turning around exploiting anyway.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's just some people who feel like they can just go to you all the time. Like, you're their Google of blackness. Like, in any moment. Like... Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm ask Jeeves right here.
0: But I don't mind that from people who are using that, using what I give them in a positive way, and are using. And I know that we're having a discourse versus a just kind of like filling up their bank. That's what I mean. You know, like that's the part where I'm like, like I had a friend who works with some young women that are from an underprivileged neighborhood, and she called me to be like, okay, I'm working with these young women, and I just feel like. There's a barrier between us because of our difference in race and status. And I wanted to just get some insight from you into some ways where I can connect with them that I don't have like a cultural inroad in to. That's fine to me because you're literally asking me how you can be of a better help with these people in a very specific way in a role that you are already in you didn't just get to the field and are like, what position should I play? No, you have taken action. And I think that's what a lot of black folks specifically, I'm only speaking for black folks, even though this can cross a number of race cultures and experiences, but we just want to see somebody that's already doing the work versus somebody who's just kind of like, it seems like you're asking me these questions to maybe even vet if you want to do the work.
1: Yes, everything you just said.
0: Next question. Ooh. after realizing you're a token at work is it doing a disservice to yourself to try and milk the situation for your own advancement depends on what you milking <laughs> mm, mm. squirt, squirt. Mm, squirt 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 mm. it depends on what you're milking it depends on how you're going about doing it you know if and we talked about this earlier in gem dropping like if If it requires you to be solo dolo in that position for you to have advancement, which means that you have to serve as a barrier to others, then yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice in your community
1: if it requires you to um to hide a, the majority of your whole self
0: in a detrimental way right in a
1: detriment in a way that does not serve you. As opposed to being strategic about what you reveal. Right, right, that's right. That's different. That's
0: different. Yep.
1: Um, then it can be a two edged sword.
0: Now, if you are doing a spook by the door situation mm-hmm. where it's like, I know I gotta move this way, um, as this token, so I can get more elevation, so I can learn more about the blueprints of this spot, so I can kick the kick in the door, waving the four four and let other mode focus in, then I think that that is also fine. Absolutely. But I definitely understand what he's saying, where it's like, if I'm the only mofo here and these fools are dumb enough to pull this shit with me, am I wrong for using it against them for my own elevation? Now, I have considered that in relation to uh, like sexual harassment. Like, there are certain situations where as a woman, like, someone is so dumb enough to like think that they might smash that you're like, you know what? I might just get what I want out of you just off of you thinking that. I'm not even going to let you smash, but you're so dumb for even trying to position this that I'm going to let you think you might smash just to get what I want because you're so fucking... I'm going to
1: play the possibilities. Yes. Yeah.
0: Ooh, there it is. Play the possibilities. That applies to tokens because that's playing the possibility that you are the overarching oracle of negroness or whatever you represent i mean listen all of this stuff is just like also relative to your own personal principles and ethics right how low can you go base (laughs) (laughs) so before you even consider that you got to do a self-check about like what kind of person am i where do I where do my like limitations and bottom lines fall? Because I might could be selling, selling out. out. Right. If I let this go too far left.
1: Can I look at myself in the mirror for longer than 10 seconds without a feeling of like disgust?
0: Do you feel your grandmother's eyes on you?
1: <laughs> do you hear her voice? Baby?
0: Mm-mm. Like, like, is that a thing? Do you feel your degrees bursting into flames on the walls like I do anytime I catch a glimpse, even against my own will, of love and hip-hop or anything Kardashian? I was sitting next to Lamar Odom on the flight today. No. That's a big dude, y'all. You know they couldn't get him in the helicopter after that situation in Vegas. That man died of a crack overdose in a whorehouse and came back to life. Did you hear that sentence?
1: Yes. Now, do we know it was crack or was it actual yes. cocaine?
0: It was cooked coke, okay. which is, that was, that crack. is crack. That's literally a nickname for Fat Joe. Can, Cook, I also coke, crack. S-
1: can I also say this? One of the sweetest human beings you'll ever meet, like at his core soul. Cool. Like just compromised beyond comprehension.
0: That's dope. But he dropped a water on the floor today. Like he threw it on the floor. And I was like, bruh, you ain't got to throw the water on the floor. Oh,
1: man. threw it on the floor.
0: Yeah, he like threw it on the floor. Ah. Like a water bottle. And I picked it up, and he was like, did you want that? And I was like, no, nah, but you ain't got to discard it
1: like mm. that. Well, let me say this. When I knew him as a player in the NBA, when I was a sideline reporter- In the National,
0: National Basketball Association. In the National
1: Basketball Association got on it. ABC, he was one of the kindest, sweetest.
0: My mother, who followed his rehab as if she was his case manager, uh, <laughs> stated that, you know what, Amanda, go easy on him because he has been through a lot. <laughs> and yeah. he had a, a, a head injury. Yeah. But I say all of that because that had nothing to do with what we were saying. To say, actually, it does, it does have something to, something to do because you know what? what? I feel like some of these dudes be fucking with these Kardashians so they can be a token.
1: Ooh, yes.
0: I think Reggie Bush was the first one. He was like, "You know what? I- you know, I'mma just
1: I'm just gonna go over here for a second.
0: Homer Simpson in the bushes. So but i say I say this often, which is that, you know it's it's really about how much you're willing to do. It's really about your ethics, it's really about self-checking. And I encourage all of you all to do that on a regular basis, especially in situations like this, which become very perilous to your integrity if you don't pay attention. people. I- Sal Masakela. Guilty. On this segment, people I like, I tell people why I like them.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I
0: like Sal Masakela for several reasons. One, I mean, you've heard him on the show. He's jovial, he's knowledgeable, he's kind. He's kind, he's compassionate. But two, and even more relative to this episode, it's because I saw you. I, I remember watching you in these spaces in the X Games as the one brother and moving so gracefully and moving in a very, like, this is me kind of way, but not delving into Coon. Because that's what can happen. It can be like, I, I got to the be extra black, black up in here for y'all. And it's like, whoa, 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 dial it back, dial it back. You're getting beyond black. And I really appreciated you being in those spaces and I think it wasn't easy.
1: Wasn't yeah. Because well, it's
0: lonely, ain't it?
1: I appreciate that. It is lonely. Um and it is uh the beyond black by the way is then should be a t-shirt. <laughs> um it it's lonely and you find yourself as you've spoken about many times in that position where you're like too white for black folks, too yes. black for white folks. Well,
0: then you're also of immigrant parents.
1: I, exactly. So that's my, a whole other. My, yeah. My, my, my family came here from, my, my mother's side from Haiti, my dad from South, South Africa, like first generation American. And so your history is also, your connection to being a black American is different. It doesn't have Southern roots it doesn't have it doesn't come from the same traditions you learn you're learning the Black, black, American, black traditions. American traditions yeah. in real time as well i also had a Puerto Rican stepfather um so that was a whole thing but um yeah being in that space it it was interesting to sometimes be taken seriously you know white people would be like it's amazing that they chose you to be the host of the X games i think it's genius because No one would really be expecting you, and obviously they taught you about these sports so that you could be this voice, but people would be curious as to why it comes in this package. That's brilliant, how'd that happen? Oh, so I was in the skateboarder, snowboarder, and surfer my whole life. You don't actually do those things, do you? Wow. That's amazing, to this day, to this actual day. And so you find yourself, And then you're also like, you're just around white kids all the time who feel that they can speak as freely as possible. And literally, because they've adopted you as one of them, forget that you are there and start to speak in certain ways. And then you're like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to, you know, you have your threshold where you're like, I'm going to have to handle this. But as a kid, when I first moved to Southern California, you know, white kids, especially like like when I got to be a good surfer, they'd be like, it's really cool, man that you're like, you're more like us, you know? Like, you're not like a regular black guy, like you're more like us, you do our thing.
0: Please see our episode side effects of Nario.
1: And I'd be like, what do you mean more like, well, you know, you do our thing. So now this thing that that like I do, that is like I'm passionate about and is mine, is on loan yeah. because you've accepted me to be in this space. So this isn't even my shit. And
0: it's not like surfing is a cultural thing to white people. No, if anything, it started it's Hawaiian.
1: From, started from indigenous people. And Polynesian. And, and, you know, was co-opted to be like with the whole Gidget thing. and, and But it, it's, it started of original peoples. And so that was a really interesting thing in all the spaces. You know, I'd be in the lift line up at the mountains. And you'd be standing in, in the lift line, people just looking. Like you just came down from a spaceship. You did right and then like they see you and like oh but you can actually do this thing
0: right you're not even up here like fumbling around
1: and then you become like the voice and and like face of of the culture and you're the only one there
0: which brings us to our next segment that, that one time, time. <laughs> <laughs> when that transition starts to happen becoming the voice and the face of the culture and we've talked about this throughout this episode of like that can happen against your will or it could be something that you will to happen. How did you play it?
1: I played it as realizing like, oh, because I grew up in all these different places, because I grew up in New York during the birth of hip hop, because I have this international background, because I've grown up around the world, traveling with my father as a jazz musician, and because I come from struggle and I also grew up embedded in like really white culture, I realized I have the ability to speak to everyone about this thing in a way that none of these other people who are even have had generations of experience in this culture can. So I'm going to take full advantage of it. I'm going, and my goal is to basically like proselytize this culture.
0: You gotta say proselytize!
1: Proselytize this culture um, to as many different groups as possible. So I make sure, I made sure that I was speaking to the bros. I made sure that I was speaking to the culture. I made sure that like I could speak to I wanted it to, to anyone who was watching it to like have know nothing about it but want to know more um because I lived it and that's I think what really helped take me to the next level. but at the same time, you know like when I was at ESPN when I first started, I went by Salema Masakela. on that's how I was fonted like when my name came up on the screen. Mm-hmm. people would call me Sal like in conversation or in interviews or whatever, but like everyone knew branded as- that I was branded as Salema. The president of the ESPN, when I started doing the NBA, like 2000, 2003, which was a huge thing. They made me the like a sideline reporter with dreadlocks. Unbelievable, right? Comes in, in it comes up to me before a game one day and says, hey, we're really excited about you know this this traction. And people are excited about you being here. And, you know, I just I want to make you a star. And right now I feel like we can't really do that. And I was like, "Well, I'm out here working and grinding. What are you talking about? So. When people see that name up there, they, they can't say it. They're spending more time trying to figure out, like, is it Salima or was Salwad?" and, you know, um, I just feel like people are already saying Sal. So, and he literally put the shit up in air quotes. Sal Masakella, Don't you get it? I mean, it just rings. It's time for you to go with it. And, and And it's just gonna be more palatable and it was in a room in front of a bunch of people,
0: so you it was tough for you to
1: and I, it was object. one of those, it was one of those moments where like your shoulders go down
0: if it had happened right now, what would you have done?
1: I would be like, I would say no. I would have said no it's it, i I argue with myself about whether or not I sold out in the moment I, obviously I didn't but I I feel regret ancestrally my mm. my grandfather was Salema masakella okay which is, you know, who I didn't meet till I was 19 because my father was in exile of apartheid. So the root and the power of of my name and where it comes from culturally, I felt like I cashed that in as capital to like get to elevate to this next rung of the party. And it's all good. I mean, it is what it is, but it's still something that I wrestle with 14 years later.
0: And it happened because of you being in the unique position of a token.
1: Yes, where they felt like they could say that to me. If they they wouldn't say that to anyone else. No, but they literally felt like, well, you know, look, there's just you. You know, you should be happy to be here. So oh. let us do this thing. And it was a, it was it was a good learning lesson, but also a tough one.
0: When it comes to the subject of being a token, it's just very important that you do reconnaissance. You really just gotta look at the surroundings and the lay of the land and decide on what your weapons are gonna be. Yeah. Um, if it's worth the fight, if it's, if it's actually what you want. But at the end of the day, I just I always feel like it's a double-edged sword because though it can be a place that you can carve out your niche, niche and stand out, if you're not attentive, it can be the same place where you dig your own grave. And get buried. Yeah. And we are at a time where the uniqueness of voices and perspectives is imperative to thwarting an overarching, oppressive mind state that is presented as the norm and the mainstream when it really isn't. So if we we can't just be a token, we gotta be a fucking, you know, that empty Zephyr Hills water fountain bottle full of pennies on the side. Like, mm. we gotta be that. Well, there has to be a whole bunch of motherfuckers in there. And I can't just be a token. I gotta be a Sacagawea dollar. The, the Sacagawea, Sacagawea dollar coin. coin. Okay? I- I'm really glad we had you because... I feel like I could have talked about this by myself, but you have lived it in such an like, tangible way
1: and on s- the TV. Yeah, and I still live it now because the the recourse of it is that... Most of my audience is white.
0: You're a token to your own audience. It's like you're a member of Jurassic Five.
1: So when I speak out. They're like, yo, bro. On social media. Or when I, You're like,
0: making us uncomfortable.
1: Not only am I, making you, am I making you, you're making me uncomfortable, but like I used to respect you. I've been watching you since I was a kid. How can you. I can't believe that you're one of those race baiters. Like, all good, bro, I totally respect you, but like, I'm gonna have to unfollow. And people feeling like they can literally like talk down to me like, how dare you? We gave you everything you have. We've allowed you to be in this thing and this is how you reward us? And to be that way as a grown man and as like, I'm a fucking definitive black man in America. Every day I wake up, I got to put on the same fucking armor and grab the same tools to survive a day in this country as any other person of color. And the idea that you think that because I do the same shit that you do in this one little area that you just get to keep me and tell me what to do. And I'm a grown ass man. You
0: know what that sounds like? Slavery, right, right. right? So they just operating from DNA memory, strictly. The last dose. Well, that was fun. Super, right? What Super. an ending! Thank you for
1: having me, and thank you for saying all those sweet things about me because I feel the same way about you.
0: Salma Saqela, la.
1: Or if you want to get extra points at home, Salema Mabena Masakela.
0: Yeah. Also 10 points for just, you know, rhyming. (laughs) Uh, Please follow Mr. Masakela on Instagram at
1: Sal Masakela.
0: Sal Masakela. And buy my uh, albums. We also buy albums. Buy my albums.
1: Alakazam, that's what I go by, which is Masakela backwards.
0: (laughs) Creative. Um, also want to remind you all that Smart Funny and Black is hitting the road for the, uh, you know, the Vibonics 101 tour all of July. Our tour dates are up and available at smartfunnyandblack.com. So make sure you head on over there and check that out. Also, I will be hitting Tempe, Arizona in May. I'll be hitting Madison, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Minnesota. I'm coming through all these places in May, San Diego. So hit up smartfunnyandblack.com backslash schedule to see when I'll be coming and doing stand up in Yotown. June, I will be at the Kendi Center with three sold out shows for Mo Woo, Wu, Smartfunny and Black and standup. And we will be doing a special limited one night engagement of Mo Betta Wu at the hotel cafe in, uh, Los Angeles on May 23rd. Those tickets just went on sale. Don't play yourself because it's a very small room, so the tickets will sell out very quickly. I better be
1: on the list for that shit. <laughs> you I'm just saying. Because that shit's mad small.
0: Mad small. Mad small. But so Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. See you next time. a podcast network.